Well, hello everyone. Our God speaks. He's always spoken. He spoke in person as he walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. He spoke in an audible voice to Noah. Noah, I need you to build a big boat. He spoke through a burning bush to Moses. He spoke through visions to Ezekiel. He spoke through a physical experience to Jonah, through the waves and the wind and being in the belly of a whale. There are many ways that we can hear the voice of God. We have his words, his Bible, the scriptures. Now, who would agree that God speaks through his word? Well, yes, I believe that too. We can know what the Bible says, but what does it mean? Here's one example. Let's read a couple of scriptures. In 1 Timothy 2.12, it says, I do not let women teach men or have authority over them. Let them listen quietly. In 1 Corinthians 14.34, it says, Women should be silent during the church meetings. It is not proper for them to speak. They should be submissive, just as the law says. If they have questions, they should ask their husbands at home, for it is improper for women to speak in church meetings. Oh, well, how did I get to be here? Are we to take these words literally? If so, it would mean that I should not be here. Our teaching pastor Marcy should not be guiding our teaching here at Gateway. But prayerful interpretation of the Bible over the years for different contexts and times in history have shown us that we should be more nuanced and careful in the way that we interpret the scriptures. Could it be that what God was saying then was relevant to that time in history? If God had stopped speaking, then maybe our understanding of this would have paused in this place too. But we believe God is still speaking, that he is bringing a new word, that he is speaking into our culture, our generation, our society. I am so glad that in Gateway's church tradition, we believe that he is calling us, regardless of our gender, to step into the call that he has placed on our lives, to speak with his power and his authority, to follow what his spirit is saying in and through us, and to lead his people to him. God spoke through the prophets. He spoke through his one and only son. He speaks through his word and he continues to speak through his spirit to us today. I believe our God still speaks. However, over the many years of church history and even to this day, there are different understandings of how and even if God still speaks. There's been an ongoing battle between traditionalists and Pentecostals. Traditionalists, the thinkers, they could be described as those who take the Bible as it is, who study it closely, who take it at its very word. It cannot be challenged. It is God's word in completion, not to be added to by other voices. 
They are strong in their beliefs and how they hear from God and the word. The scriptures play the critical role in this. The Old Testament, the New Testament, complete, to be taken as God's final spoken word. Versus the Pentecostals, perhaps we could call them the intuitive. Those who too acknowledge that the Bible is the word of God, but also accept that God is still speaking in many other ways too, through his spirit, bringing cultural relevance to his word, hearing the voice of God for our people, for our time. You know, we've seen this challenge play out recently, just a couple of weeks ago. Saddleback Church is a large evangelical Baptist church in America. In fact, it is the largest church in California and one of the largest in the United States. It was originally founded by Rick Warren. You may know him for his book, The Purpose Driven Life. Saddleback is part of a convention of traditionalist, evangelical, thinker, scripture-based churches. And over recent years, Saddleback have taken a step away from the traditionalist stance. And because of this, in February of this year, this church was removed from the Southern Baptist Convention for appointing a female teaching pastor, which was cited as not in friendly cooperation with the convention. The Southern Baptists are evangelical traditionalists. They take the word as it is. In this case, having a female teaching pastor is enough to remove their largest church from their convention. Now, scripture plays a vital role in allowing the spirit to speak powerfully and fully, but we also must not disregard the spirit's role in speaking afresh into our lives, our generations, our situations. It should not be an either or scenario. You know, there are risks on both sides. If we get stuck on taking the word purely as it stands, we miss out on what God is saying now, the nuances of how he helps us relate to our current time, our people and our context. But if we only focus on the intuition, the feeling, the newness, we miss the stability of his word to the generations, the continuity and power of heritage and constancy. I'm sure we've all heard God told me, which has resulted in people making poor decisions based on feeling or intuition without true discernment, without testing it against the continuity of his word. History shows us that this can lead to sadness and brokenness and pain. Discerning the voice of God is vital and we're going to look further into how we do this in the weeks to come. So, I guess a question we need to think on is, did God stop speaking when the word, the Bible, was done? Or is he speaking to us now? If we believe that God stopped speaking when the Bible was completed, why did we need his spirit? There are two reasons. To remind us of what God has said. 
In John it says, what I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. We know that when the Spirit came at Pentecost, when he comes to us today, we can hear God's voice through his Spirit. He comes to remind us, to teach us, to reinforce in our lives who God is, what he has taught us in the past and what he wants to teach us now. The second reason to help us navigate the future it says a little further on in John 16, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard and he will tell you about the future. So not only will his spirit teach us, reinforce to us, remind us, he will also guide us in truth and tell us about the future. I don't know about you, but to me, that does not sound like a God that has finished speaking. That does not sound like a God who is done. But our God still speaks. He has more to bring. He has life to give. He has a future to uncover and he wants to share that with us. He wants us to learn through his word, to read, to seek, to understand. But he also wants us to press into him to tune our ears and our hearts to hear him afresh, to hear his voice. So how does hearing God's voice now relate to the already established word of the scriptures? In her book, The Church Who Hears God's Voice, Dr. Tanya Harris talks about some ways the church has incompletely dealt with this question. The first she calls God on mute. This theological framework, this idea about thinking about how God works, says that God no longer speaks in present age in the same way as in Bible times. What he says has already been said. It's in the scripture. This suggests that God stopped speaking when the Bible was put together by the Church Council of Nicaea in 325 AD. He said it all. It's all here. The only way God speaks today is through the scriptures. So we can only hear from him by studying the Bible, listening to Bible-based sermons, reading Bible-based books, direct encounters of revelation no longer happen. It's a bit like this. These are a collection of letters that my husband wrote to me before he was my husband. We lived in different states, even different countries, so our relationship was a long-distance one. Every week for nearly four years, he wrote me a letter. Yes, <laughs> old-fashioned snail mouth. These letters are precious. They hold many stories and they speak of his love for me, his promises and our relationship. They are very special. However, 
our relationship and our communication is now more than just these. God on mute would be like me saying our current relationship can only ever be based on what is written here. It is special. But if this was the total of our communication together, we're not going to say any more than what is already in this le these letters. But the reality is that my husband actually still speaks to me now that we have grown together and we have dreamed together and that our relationship is so much more than it was then because we have continued to talk to each other, to listen to each other, to grow in our love for each other, to communicate well beyond what is written in these precious pages. If we only looked at the letters as a guide, we would still see the love and commitment, but could only see what has already been said, not what was to come and where we would go in the future. In the same way, God on mute says that God can only speak about what has already been said. God does not speak to us about what job to take or where to live or plans for the future or how to deal with ethical issues beyond scripture. The thinking behind this understanding comes from a desire to protect the authority and uniqueness of the scriptures. And that is a good point. God's words, whether spoken in scripture or out, carry authority and we must respect that. However, the great tragedy of this is it silences the voice of the Spirit, the pinnacle of the new covenant in the church, the promise of Pentecost, the long-awaited fulfilment of God's promise of his Spirit to communicate with, his, with us, his Spirit that is open to all who believe in him. The next is Christians who don't read the Bible. So let's flip this the other way for our next way of thinking. There are some groups within the Christian church who want to live like the apostles and have an experience of Christianity that is as vibrant and alive as when Jesus walked the earth. They don't read the Bible. They rely solely on their current experience of God, even going as far as saying the Bible can be an obstacle to hearing from God. While this understanding is not an option for those who place a high value on scripture, it does raise some important questions. It is true that God's presence cannot be contained in a material book. And sometimes we dive into it for answers, often taken out of context, sometimes limiting our hearing from God. It is also true that as a first century Greco-Roman text, the Bible does not always speak to contemporary issues. But Jesus never said it would. Jesus held to the truthfulness of the scriptures, but he didn't say they were a one-stop shop for all of our questions. This is why he sent the Spirit. He knew that there was more to say than what could be said in his three years. 
And this is what makes Christianity so powerful. As we are temples of the Holy Spirit, we have access to his spirit. It is in us. We have access to the wisdom of Jesus wherever we go. But we need God's voice in the Bible. It gives the foundation and surety to our faith. And we need God's voice through the Spirit to guide us now. We must not dispense of one for the other. It would be like me throwing away David's letters as old and irrelevant, although in them is the foundation of our relationship and what is to come. God on mute dismisses the Spirit. Those who don't read the word dismiss the power of the Bible. This next third approach tries to embrace the power of both. Let's call it this is that. This final framework of thinking on this issue allows for the fullness of the Spirit's voice to continue today without compromising the uniqueness of the Bible. We can hear from God today in the same way as the New Testament church did. On the day of Pentecost, Apostle Peter said, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. What is the that? In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. The voice of God that spoke to the Old Testament prophets and the New Testament church is still the voice that speaks today. The spirit the that continues to speak the mission and ministry of Jesus. This is that is based on consistency. God's way of working has not changed and he continues to speak with love, power and authority, expressing divine character, will and plans. Just like God spoke to the early church to apply the message of Jesus to the Greco-Roman setting, God speaks to us, the contemporary church, to apply the message of Jesus to our setting. This consistency also applies to us, the human end. Humanity is flawed, imperfect and sinful. So discernment of our spiritual experiences will always be necessary and we will not always get it right. But in spite of our flaws, when we press into a two-way relationship with God, we can still hear God's plans and act on them. And this is the good news of the new covenant that Jesus brought. God is the same yesterday, today and forever. We can rely on his consistency. He is faithful, sovereign and deeply personal. And he wants to speak to us and guide us. God still speaks. Our job is to learn to press in, to tune in, to hear his voice and test it, discern it and step into his call in faith. 
You know, David, my husband, wrote these letters to me to express his love for me. But I am just so glad that he still speaks to me now, never contradicting the foundation of his love, but adding to it in a new way, sharing new ideas, hopes and dreams. I am so thankful for these letters, just as I am so thankful for God's letters, for His Word, His Scriptures that communicate His love for me, His Bible, which records His voice, the foundation of our faith. God, thank you for loving us with an overwhelming, never-ending love. Thank you for chasing after us and pursuing us and desiring to continue to speak to us. Help us hear your voice in your word. Help us hear your voice through your spirit. Thank you, God, for your reckless love. Amen.